Loaded Goat. Yet another show about guys watching television. I'm Aaron. I love television. And I'm Chris. Television is mighty important to me. It's such good continuity from our last episode. If people are, I assume most people binge this podcast and they're in for a real treat if they just did with Aaron's, Aaron's cunning comment. Yes. So this week we're doing the beauty contest, which is a show about as much about outward beauty and more so about inward, but more so about inward beauty. Which is really reflective of the podcast medium too. You know, we're talking about a television show, which is very much outward beauty and podcasts are truly made to gather the essence of inward beauty, which is what you are emoting beyond all comprehension right now, Aaron. So thank you. It's a pleasure to be on the line with you. Let's dig into the show. So Andy goes <laughs> in Floyd's barbershop, um, seeing if he'll buy an ad for the Founders Day program. Um, if you wonder what Founders Day is, it's a, it's an, it's a day celebrating the founding of Mayberry. Um, there is a customer with his face covered with a towel. Um, and Andy's complaining about, he likes all the other aspects of the show, of the of Founders Day and the events surrounding Founders Day, but he complains about the grand finale that has the mayor's wife singing and running off and then riding off on a horse. And he's complaining, the customer takes off the towel and it's Mayor Pike. And you think Andy's really just stepped into it. But Mayor Pike hates watching his wife sing and ride off on a horse every year too. So do you think, you know, I think I've, for the last three episodes, I've been talking about what a great voice Mayor Pike's daughter has. Do you think, and Mayor Pike personally has a very interesting and odd talking voice. Do you think that the daughter gets her good singing from Mayor Pike? If, if the wife is known to have a terrible voice, where does she get it from, Aaron? Where does she get it from? Well, I mean, the daughter doesn't have a good singing voice either. Uh, oh, I, I won't let you slander that, that young woman's good voice and good name. We're going to have to respectfully agree to disagree here. I, I, I don't <laughs> I'll take it somewhere else. I'll take it somewhere else. Did your town have a Founders Day or any type of like odd annual rituals? Not that I, not that I can recall. I mean, I know they, um, they actually one of the nicest things they did was on the Fourth of July they'd have a square dance in town and they'd block off town and that was always a really fun thing to do and they'd have a parade and everything. I don't recall there being a Founders Day though. We didn't, we didn't have a founder. That first of all, that square dance sounds like a blast. Uh, we didn't have a Founders Day, but we did have Vigilante Day, which is a day in um, May every year that high school it's a parade that high schoolers put on and you get like three days off school in high school to put together your float and then be in the parade and then uh the rest of the younger schools get the half day off to go go see it and i don't know if you've ever seen i'm not a parade man in general um but if you've ever seen a parade put on exclusively by a 15 year old it is really good craftsmanship great use of four hours we used to do, um, it was always, there was always like, that was when I was in high school, home, the homecoming parade. It was always each class made their own, um, had to make their own float and enter it into competition. And every year we just, my class just, we had a tough time with the floats. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a lot harder than you think it would be. I mean, and I was, I mean, it was not, we, I was playing football, so, and I mean, I, and I wasn't like I was crafty, so any help we did was, 
you know, just, you know, driving somebody to get something or doing something. But I mean, it was all the, the you know, and then the, I mean, it, I think you were at the mercy of how many crafty people you had in your class. One thing that I remember was really trying to buddy up with, you had to find somebody in your group that had a flatbed trailer that mm -hmm. had access to one. Mm -hmm. So that was, there was really some politics to try to figure out how you could get in with, well, I didn't have a trailer and to find somebody with a trailer. So yeah. thanks Tanner. Appreciate it. Well, I remember one time, one year we were playing and we were on the verge of making the playoffs for like the first time in um, 10 years. And we're saying, you know, it was like this, was, we, we win this game. We pretty much clinch the playoffs and clinch playoff spot and we're getting chewed out. Um, by by the girls in the class about making making homecoming um, about not showing up to help, and she one one said, "Well, if we make the playoffs, that's great, but this float is more important." And uh, I mean, it was just like you lost you, you've lost us you you lost us here. <laughs> know your audience. Know your audience. Yeah. Um, so so we go to the next scene with the town council meeting, coming up with ideas for what to do. Floyd suggests a beauty contest and they all really like the idea. And then Ellie suggests that Andy be the judge. This is a great moment of, you had talked about Mayor Pike's uh, political acumen where he just listens and decides wherever things are going. He's a, he's a cockroach and a survivor and it shines brightly in this moment. Are Andy and Ellie dating or does she nominate her ex-boyfriend to be a judge for a beauty contest? I don't appreciate you calling Mayor Pike a cockroach. He's pretty much, he's just a funny guy. He's beloved. <laughs> I love Mayor Pike. Okay. I love his daughter and you love him. We've taken our sides on our generation. We have, we have. So I, it's hard to really tell. Yes, I think they're supposed to be dating, but it is about as, it, they are about as, they, they seem about as physically comfortable around each other romantically as, as you know as basically you know two two people who they don't i don't they don't seem comfortable <laughs> you at don't all know where to take that you don't know where to take that yeah they are very comfortable around they, each other they don't, seem, sure. they, don't, they don't seem comfortable around they don't really seem romantically comfortable around each other would you agree i, I would completely agree with that i think in modern terms i think we would they would check that it's complicated box yeah I mean, I think they hang out and they spend time together, but then of course she nominates him and then they're walking arm in arm, um, which who walks arm in arm? I guess they may have done that back then, but that's not a thing you see much. Like, it's like, he's almost escorting Oh, her. really? Do you walk arm in arm? Oh, I do. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm often the one that's being escorted. I walk arm in arm with a lot of people. I'm surprised you and I haven't walked arm in arm. It's a nice, so I'm a sweaty, I'm a sweaty palm person. I've, I've come out with that earlier on this show. Arm in arm is a far better way to uh, connect. Okay. Ellie and Andy look as comfortable walking arm in arm as you and I would look, look walking arm in arm. We should, we should put a picture of us walking arm in arm up on the, up on the website. There you people go. can rate it. And Good user engagement. Uh, yeah. That's that's what we need. Um, so Andy is, you know, keeps just continuing to make mistakes. He did last week on the episode. He really steps in it in this episode. He tells Ellie that he thinks she nominated him so she would be the winner and says he'll go along with it. Now, I mean, she is probably as mad. I think she's madder at him on this than she was about the town council thing. 
and said she has no intention of entering the contest. Yeah, I didn't really, I mean, I get the importance of integrity, blah, 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 blah. I didn't really understand why this was so blown out of proportion. Yeah, I don't, I mean, he's, I mean, I guess the thing was, is he just thought, neither, he didn't really think about what he was getting into when he accepted it. And she didn't really think about what he was getting in, whatever, what he was getting into when she nominated him. Was he, is he acting in his official capacity as justice of the peace? I don't think so. Okay. Still trying to figure out what that job is. Yeah. Well, I mean, put that one in the no column. I brought, I I explained that um, to you a couple of weeks ago or a couple or several episodes ago. I guess it just went in one ear and out the other. Yeah. And I just didn't listen. Yeah. For sure, but I'll I'll, I'll tune in. No, no, I'll here, I can tell you. I'll tell you what it is. Here's what it is. <laughs> the justice of the peace. No, until the late '60s in North Carolina, what the justice of the peace did mm-hmm. was it, they would handle matters that didn't have to be handled at the like legal judicial matters that did not have to be handled at the mm-hmm. court level. So marriages and you know mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm. where and licenses and things like that. He would he would take care of for people. That's what that's what he that's what he did. And then you know, if you had to do something at a higher level, you'd go to a you'd go to a circuit court. So anyway, well, uh, I feel like I should get a diploma. I've learned so much. Thank you. No, you haven't learned anything. You'll probably be asking me you know, a five weeks from now. You're like, <laughs> don't know what the justice of the peace does. Yeah, I definitely so, will. So so um, their dinner at home is interrupted with women coming by to passively aggressive, passive aggressively lobby for first place in the beauty contest. Um, Opie says that the prettiest girl in town is Mary Wiggins, a first grader with freckles, braids, and a bandage on her knee. <laughs> the, the the Mary Wiggins stuff is is perfect. I love it. It's such a it's such a small little part where Opie's paying attention and he's seeing true beauty. He's foreshadowing uh, what's to come in the episode. I don't, so I kept watching this scene or these scenes of people are coming in and out of the house parading and completely opposite show, but it reminded me a little bit of a two and a half men. They have a similar living room. I think I haven't seen much of that show, but the way that Charlie Sheen just like parades women across that, the, the set uh, seems like a similar setup and choreography. My way off on this. I know that you're I, a huge fan of Two and a Half Men. I have, you know, I've never watched one episode of Two and a Half Men, <laughs> and it's not that I'm a. It's not. I'm not like being a television snob. It was just a show that I never got got into. Okay. Did you watch? Well, I think this is. No, I think I just like saw it on TV every so often when I was flipping trying to find Andy Griffith, so I'd see <laughs> like a a scene here or there. No, oh, that'll happen. Um. I mean, can you believe that Don Knotts, you know, was not set up for life after the Andy Griffith show and Charlie Sheen made, I mean, he still may not be set up for life either, but Charlie Sheen made like two and a half million an episode for Andy Griffith for two and a half men. Oh, I think that was the most watched show for like a decade. Oh yeah, no, it was. I'm just saying, I mean, like Charlie Sheen and, you know, all the all the craziness and the meltdowns and all the stuff that came with came with two and a half men. I mean that I don't you know if that sh- if it, I couldn't. There's a lot of people who don't. Well, his character was died and replaced by Kathy Bates, if I'm not mistaken. 
And then you had Barney Fife, who was just kind of almost an iconic character. He won five straight Emmys. And, you know, it just gives you a sense of just how television has has changed. Yeah, thanks to Ronald Reagan. <laughs> thanks to Ronald Reagan. <laughs> Ron Reagan. You blame, you gotta blame, yeah, you don't, um, this is, if you're wondering what he's talking to, it's an FCC ruling on commercials that came out during the Reagan administration that I brought up on the last episode with Christopher. <laughs> so the, so, so we're going through this. He's at the sheriff's office. He's being bombarded by calls. Andy, Andy's one person is saying, I voted for you. You should pick my daughter. Um, Mayor Pike comes in and says that he doesn't, that, you know, he feels he understands where Andy's coming from and then says he doesn't care which of her three, his three daughters he picks. Um, then we've got, he calls, <laughs> Ellie, calls Ellie and begs her to participate. She hangs up on him. And then wonderful Miss Bishop comes by to volunteer her services for Founders Day. I, I hope, I feel like I, I have a Miss Bishop in my life. I hope everybody has a Miss Bishop. That's, a, that's hard to say, a Miss Bishop in their life. It's a, it's a wonderful, strong, helpful, um, older character in every person's life. Yeah, it's, a, it's, yeah it's, it's great. So she's prepping. Um, so Floyd says he's going to, he's willing, he's going to write a song for the winner. Um, not a very good song, but a song nonetheless. So there's, they're doing the prepping for Founders Day, and it's, it includes a pretty bad recreation on the founding of the town where Floyd plays it, plays John Mayberry, the founder and namesake of Mayberry. I decided that when they're all walking in on stage, they all have the same pilgrim shoes. And yeah. so as a throwback to our last episode, I decided that that's what the Manhattan salesman was selling were these little pilgrim opened. I think they're called Mary Janes. I think that's what he was selling and that's what everybody bought. And that's why everybody on stage had the exact same shoes. It wasn't a costume. What do you think? No. I wish the world could see I had a real smug look and crossed my legs and sat back because I really thought I had some armchair expertise there. Damn. <laughs> um, so Floyd then sings this song. It's not a very good song. Um, and then asks Andy to he lobbies his niece to win the uh, for the to win the beauty contest and says that's the main reason he did the song. Floyd gets mad and says he may take back his Miss Mayberry song. Andy comes home exhausted. Opie brings Mary Wiggins by and has her smile for him. She's missing a tooth. Now you would think the person who the little girl who plays Mary Wiggins is actually just some one of the producer's kids who they just bring on because she's really not <laughs> acting. She just looks like she's amused by the whole by the whole thing. But she's actually um, a, a, per, a woman named Joey Ellison who went on to be a crew member and have other acting roles um, for you know even up to now. I mean, she's worked for decades in Hollywood. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. great. So they hold the beauty contest. One of the contestants is, is uh, Josephine Pike, um, Mayor Pike's daughter, who sang a few episodes earlier in Mayberry Comes to Hollywood. Magnanimous character. She stole the screen. She just, unbelievable vacuum of attention. And it sounds like she stole your heart, too, if I'm not, um, if, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> she kind of has. She kind of has those dead sunken eyes. 
Well, she her, she's played by an actress named Josie Lloyd, and um, and she's um, and she we'll see her again playing another character in future episodes. So, um, it turns out Aunt B has nominated Ellie for the beauty contest, and Ellie is not pleased. I think saying this wasn't my idea, and if you pick me, I'll never speak to you again. It also yeah, seems I get it. That was some, no, we're saying the same thing here. I think that was a shady move by Aunt B. Yeah. What's she doing? I mean, I think we're. I think this is a messed up beauty contest. Now that we look on it, anybody can nominate anybody. You have one judge making the decision. It's not even like it's a. You're you're not even having a consensus. You basically task one person with selecting the winner of the beauty contest, and and there are like right for p- potential problems. There are no. I, one of the things I wrote down is that there's no transparency. I want to see what's on that clipboard, right? Because they don't perform or, you know, have an interview session or um, any of the the various elements of modern day beauty pageants that make them scholarship programs, right? No, no, this is just a... Yeah, so it's just straight up objectification of women. In, in a, in, in the, in, you know, in honor of the founding of the town, ta- of, a, of a town, it's quite bizarre but so, andy being the sheer hero he is finds the light at the end of the tunnel here he must have been so relieved when he figured out what he was going to do um yeah so what he does is he names miss bishop a wonderful human being the winner of the um the, the winner of the contest for being her so wonderful and showing such inner beauty and i will even say miss bishop i'm 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 you know an older man in in Mayberry. I'm I'm all about Miss Bishop. Oh yeah, good, good. You're into it. Oh hell yeah, definitely. Yeah. So so anyway, so <laughs> she is truly touched, and that's very touching. And you think everybody else is going to be moved by this too, but of course everybody starts crying and running to their family members, which is just a little much. That was stupid. They didn't do the the strong women of Mayberry justice in that scene. No. And then Floyd sings to Miss Bishop, and which and not very well, not a very good song. And then and then in the epilogue, Andy is reading the paper to Floyd about the recap of last night. Opie brings in Mary and you know writes that she should have won. Mary, of course, just smiles again. Miss shows her missing tooth. And so Andy decides to crown her Miss Mayberry Jr. And the episode ends with her winking at Opie. It's touching. I like it. Yeah. It's a great ending. You know what? So I didn't, I wasn't fully drawn into this episode when we, uh, when I watched it, but talking through it, I did like some key elements of this. This was a good recap. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, um, it was a fun, fun, fun episode. I, have you ever have you ever been involved in a beauty contest in any way? Uh, I have, I have not. I had some friends in high school who got into some of these, and for a while I was trying to host my own, but but it never came together. Hmm. Of my friends, I was trying to, but oddly enough, I wasn't able to pull that off. Have you? No. You got a face for it. You'd be great. Oh, that's so sweet. Now, I I don't even think I've ever been to a comp. I don't even think I've ever been to a competition or anything like that. 
I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't mention the the best episode of all television that addresses beauty contests is Seinfeld when Kramer becomes a coach for Miss America. Yeah. With the doves. Oh, unbelievable. It is it it is quite great, but my I guess one of my also one of my favorite this isn't a beauty contest, but it's when they're auctioning off the date with the single guy and they get cra- and they have Kramer and uh, and they said well he's a high school graduate and then he whispers in Elaine's ear she goes I'm sorry high school equivalency um, test (laughs) I forgot that yeah I should watch that and then just like okay then they get to the end end of it she goes okay ladies who wants to start off with five with a five dollar who wants to start off bidding starts at five (laughs) dollars oh yeah that is a great episode yeah so maybe we can the, we can auction ourselves off for a lunch sometime uh for our fans to raise some capital for our uh, for this endeavor that's uh we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there the um what would you how many how many whistles would you give this you know i was going to start out by giving it a six um but i think after talking through it i'd give it a seven yeah, I still think I'm staying at six. I, I got to be honest with you. Without with the only thing I feel like this episode really has going for it are the scenes with Opie and Mary Wiggins and Miss mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm there for that. So next week we have Alcohol and Old Lace, which is a really zany, zany episode, and I think it really takes the show into new territory. So I think we're in. We're headed into some fun. Are you going to get dressed up? No. Okay, well, I'll be sure to show up and out with alcohol and old lace. I might suggest you turn your camera off for that for that recording. Good, good. Well, Aaron, always a pleasure. Back at you. Until then, with just ten for you. Sunny day and no day.